You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, Miami Dolphin fans. Or should I say, hello to the people. This is Aaron the Brain, and welcome to a special episode of The Monologue. We are now just a couple days removed from the final game of the 2020-2021 NFL season, which was capped by a shocking, or maybe not so shocking, considering the winning quarterback, victory by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a game dominated by the Bucs on both sides of the ball. But most impressive was the performance of their defense holding the high-powered Chiefs to just nine points and no touchdowns. As I watched the game in awe of just how inept Kansas City looked, as well as how Tom Brady looked as Tom Brady as ever, I could not help but ask, how is this happening? I mean, after all, this was a Bucks team that hadn't had a winning season since 2016, And you'd have to go back all the way to 2007 to find their last appearance in the postseason. Yet here they were, dominating the Super Bowl against the defending champs who had gone 14-2 and cruised to the title game. Furthermore, how are they making Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and this transcendent Chiefs offense look like complete and utter trash? It got me thinking... If the Bucks can do this, why can't we? And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, maybe we can't. So the question is how, and just as importantly, how long will it take? Before we get into it, I'd like to remind all of you, if you aren't already, you should be checking out DolphinsTalk.com every day. It is your one-stop shop for Dolphins news analysis and all of the great podcasts on the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, like the same old Dolphin show. You can also follow me on Twitter at AaronTheBrain and follow my brother from the exact same mother at Amplified to Rock as we bring you content all off-season long, including future episodes of our Same Old Dolphin Show, which can also be followed on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. Also, make sure that you visit manscaped.com for the world's best men's below-the-belt grooming products and use the promo code DOLPHINSTALK to get 20% off your order and free shipping. So... How do the Dolphins not only get themselves to championship caliber, but also follow the blueprint the blueprint to beat a Kansas City team that will likely continue to be the class of the AFC for the foreseeable future? And even if you want to counter with the Bills or the Browns, you acknowledge that these teams are all built very similarly. All teams with explosive offenses and an embarrassment of riches at the skill positions. And when it comes to Buffalo and Kansas City, high-level quarterbacks that can win with both their arms and their legs. 
Whether or not Baker Mayfield will consistently get there with Cleveland remains to be seen. Whether or not Lamar Jackson gets there with his arm as well as his legs, that remains to be seen. But these are the kinds of offenses that Miami will be competing against if they are going to make a legit run over the next few years. So let's start by looking at what Tampa Bay did to shut down that Chiefs offense in a way no one has been able to since Alex Smith since Alex Smith was the team starter back in 2017. Todd Bowles decided to task his front four with all of the responsibility of both applying pressure, albeit against a depleted Kansas City offensive line, with speed rushers Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, as well as stuffing the run with defensive tackles and Dominican Sue and Vita Vea. All the while, using their speedy coverage linebackers in Levante David and Devin White to patrol the middle of the field and make life difficult for Travis Kelsey. The real key, though, was playing the majority of the game with two deep safeties, who were able to not only dissuade Patrick Mahomes from throwing deep, but also break up the passes that were thrown their way when Mahomes decided to try them. Now, obviously, Miami's strongest unit on their entire team right now is their secondary. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are one of, if not the best outside cornerback duos in the league. But while Bobby McCain had a very good year in his transition to deep free safety, He's basically all Miami has at that position, and the ceiling of his talent is probably capped. So, to effectively play the two-deep look that Tampa Bay so effectively showcased on Super Bowl Sunday, Miami is going to need to look to, at the very least, add a depth piece that can join McCain in that role. And honestly, it might be a good idea to look for a long-term upgrade in that role overall. When it comes to linebacker, well, this is where Miami needs a major upgrade and maybe even two. Kyle Van Noy is a do-everything guy, but speed is not really his game. He can cover, but he isn't going to be locking down anyone of note in coverage, nor is he known for really interfering in passing windows. He's more of a solid rusher, tackler, and run stopper, whose biggest strength is simply his lack of a real weakness. Jerome Baker... He's been an intriguing guy to watch over the last few seasons because he has the athleticism to be a real difference maker. But the truth is, we're three years in now, and he just doesn't have the instincts or coverage skills to be that on a consistent level, on a consistent basis. So this is another area where Miami is going to need to upgrade, whether through the draft or free agency. Now, one possible solution may actually be stealing a player from this very Tampa Bay defense. Levante David is going to be a free agent, and he may very well be the Dolphins' top target this offseason. Add him to the core of Baker Van Noy and the emerging Andrew Van Ginkle, and Miami will suddenly have a comparable unit to the one that shut down Kansas City on Sunday. Granted, it would still be nice to add a Devin White type in the draft as well. Now, up front on the defensive line, Miami actually compares well inside with Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis, but edge rushing is a problem. The style of Miami's defense is, of course, much different than the style of Tampa Bay's, but in Brian Flores' quest to build a defense that is multiple enough to win in any way, Miami is in need of at least one true speed rush specialist. 
as great a season as Emmanuel Agba had this year, that's not really his game. He's sort of a balance between speed and power. And you could say the same for Shaq Lawson. So when it comes to this side of the ball, Miami's better side by a lot right now. We are probably at least one player away at every level of the defense and likely two away at linebacker. But that's four players. That can easily be accomplished in the next year or two. Of course, it also bears watching to see what Miami decides to do with the impending contract negotiations with Xavier Howard. And if Miami will ultimately decide to redistribute their funds, which right now are being paid heavily to their secondary. Okay, so we're good. Four players away from a championship caliber defense. Let's go, baby! Well, hang on. Things aren't so rosy on the other side of the ball. Before we even get into comparing Miami's current quarterback room, or their potentially new franchise quarterback currently on the Houston Texans, with Tom Brady... There's still this whole issue of needing major upgrades to each skill position as well as the offensive line. Just look at the receivers. A case can be made that all three of the Bucks' top three wideouts, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, would be wide receiver number one on Miami. And they'd certainly have at least three of the top four. Miami is in desperate need of multiple wide receivers that can cause more separation than the paltry 1.7 yards per route put up by Devontae Parker this season. It's no wonder the talk around Miami's draft strategy is circling around drafting wide receivers like Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell in the first round, and also why there's talk of adding another high price option via free agency as well. Again, A possible option may be stealing from the champ's cupboard, as Chris Godwin may be a viable target for the Dolphins this offseason in free agency as well. Nobody knows what Miami will do, but this does seem to be the clearest unit on the team in need of upgrading. Of course, Miami could also benefit from adding more talent to the running back room as well. And with four picks in the first two rounds and talented backs available, I'd be surprised if Miami doesn't address this in the first two days of the draft. So whether it's a household name like Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, or an under-the-radar game-breaker in Memphis's Kenny Gainwell, Miami will have opportunities to add a back somewhere from the middle of round one to the middle of round two. Be nice to think, okay, so we just spent this offseason adding skill position guys, after we drafted three offensive linemen last year, and be good with it. The truth is, though, there's still a ton of uncertainty up front. While I wouldn't say that any of Miami's three rookies up front had bad years, none of them really stood out as excellent either. And Miami is still in need of a long-term solution and upgrade at center. In all likelihood, at least one of Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, and Solomon Kinley will not live up to the billing. I hope I'm wrong, but the odds are Miami will still need upgrades at one of those positions as well, which is why many fans are clamoring for Miami to use their number three pick in the draft on Oregon tackle Penne Sewell. If Miami does use the pick on Sewell, they could either move Austin Jackson to right tackle and move Robert Hunt inside to guard, 
which would leave either Solomon Kinley or Eric Flowers, who Miami spent big money on last season, as the odd men out. Or they could also try to shop Austin Jackson, which would probably get them pennies on the dollar compared to where they drafted Jackson last year. Remember, they drafted him 18th overall. And that still would that still would not fill their need at center, which they'll likely need to fill at some point on day two of the draft this spring or the following season if they do decide to bring Ted Karras back on another one-year value deal. So that's it, right? No? Oh, uh, right. Tampa Bay has Tom fucking Brady. This remains the key piece of the puzzle. And both the most perplexing and fascinating decision Chris Greer and Brian Flores have to make this offseason. If Miami truly loves Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the play is simple. Use the ample picks and free agent dollars to put as much talent as possible around him. Miami could conceivably draft five or six immediate difference makers this year and add another two or three via free agency. With that, if Tua makes the jump that we all hope he can, Miami can be real contenders within the next year or two. Of course, if he isn't, but Miami does hit on their picks and signings, Miami could potentially find themselves in a spot where they are again just a QB away from being for real. The other option, of course, is to go all in on making a trade for Deshaun Watson and hoping that with a somewhat limited remaining draft capital, depending on what we give up, we can still get a majority of what we need this offseason leaving us just a few pieces away in 2022. After all, it's a lot easier to find a center or a free safety than it is to to find a franchise quarterback. The bottom line is this. Miami has positioned themselves well. We have a solid foundation on which to build. A multitude of picks that can be used to either bring in a multitude of players or can be packaged together to bring us an elite quarterback. Either way, Miami is probably 9 or 10 players away, which may sound like a lot, but with Miami's current flexibility cap-wise over the next few years and substantial draft capital, they can easily be a Super Bowl contender in the next two years if, and it's a big if, they get it right. I am Aaron the Brain. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. That's A-A-Ron the Brain. Make sure you follow my brother Josh at Amplified to Rock. And make sure you check out the podcast we do together, The Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. And go Dolphins. Dolphins.